0: The message today is entitled Perfect Peace. There are certain words synonymous with Christmas. Peace, love, joy are three of these words. It's in many decorations, it's on many hearths, it's on many banners. Peace, love, and joy. Yet few people really understand the God intended meaning of each of these words. This is why there are so many people who miss the real reason of the season. They never really fully get it. You know, They're the ones that say, maybe you found yourself there before. It's just not Christmas unless we have snow. Or unless I hear a certain carol. Or unless I see something in the streets looking for some kind of external thing to make them feel like it's Christmas. Now we know that Jesus is the reason for the season. But it's the message and the mission of Jesus that is often misunderstood and misinterpreted by many. Yes, the nativity scene is beautiful, but it's it's more than just the baby Jesus. That was just His insertion into our imperfect realm of earth so He could live out being the King for us. When we seek to understand peace and love and joy through the biblical message of Jesus, We put ourselves in the place to usher in the power and the beauty of Christmas. So today I want to begin this journey by examining the true meaning of peace. One of the most iconic messages of peace comes with the angelic announcement of the birth of Christ. You recall the scene, you know this, when the skies over Bethlehem were filled with a host of heavenly angels. It's in Luke 2. Verses 13-14, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, proclaiming and praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. If the pronouncement for peace on earth was throughout all the heavenly skies, if there was such a pronouncement then let me ask you, why is there no peace on earth? Did something happen? In fact, if, if they announced peace on earth, then why was there so much anger against Jesus? Why was Jesus crucified? That's not peace. Why was there so much fighting and killing, even today? Why were so many early Christians martyred for their faith? That's not peace. Why is there so much stuff going on? They killed Jesus. People were martyred for the faith. Even today, people are brutally persecuted. And yet the angel said, peace on earth at His coming. Where is this peace on earth? Well, let me ask you. Where is peace on earth? This is where the definitions and the perspectives of man and God intersect and differ. This is why so many people miss the real meaning of Jesus and the real meaning of Christmas you see there were many who when Jesus came on the scene there were many who were expecting a messiah to conquer their enemies and usher in peace in the world in other words they were looking for external peace around them and that's why so many people did not connect with Jesus So many people did not see Him as the Son of God. He didn't fulfill their expectations because they didn't know what they needed. Did Jesus conquer their enemies? Yes, He did. He conquered the greatest enemy, sin. But for people who were looking for a different external answer, they missed the greatest answer of all. The truth is that Jesus came to make peace with God. Not with man. Because of sin, man was incapable of making peace with God. We couldn't earn it by our own efforts. We couldn't do enough good works to make peace with God. We couldn't get rid of the sin that we all do. Only Jesus could make peace with God. So they said, on earth, peace, because Jesus was coming to make peace for us with God. That's the peace that's talked about. There was a chasm that we could not cross. We could not reach God because God is a perfect God. He cannot have sin in His presence. And we couldn't get rid of the sin that we all have. It took Jesus to make that connection across that chasm. When Jesus gave His life as a peace offering, His blood was shed on the cross. The blood of the perfect Lamb of God atoned for our sins, praise the lord, and made peace with god. This was the goodwill toward men. It's not that all that everyone's going to get along. They offer this gift of peace towards us because Jesus was the only one that could make peace with god. He made a way for us where there was no way. Like a roadway in the wilderness, like a river in the desert. The cross has now become our way and our only way to God the Father. The only way that you could reach God the Father is through the, accepting the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen? Christ came to make peace with God for all mankind. It is this mission and this message that Jesus offers. Not external peace, but spiritual and eternal peace to mankind. Yet let us also understand that God does not merely just give gifts, for the peace is a gift from God. When God gives gifts, they are perfect gifts. They continue to give, and they answer so many prayers and so many connections when God gives gifts. The same is true of His peace. James 1.17a says this, Every good, every good gift, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, peace has been given as a good and a perfect gift. What does that mean? It means that peace has many other aspects and blessings. Many that we are not always aware of or at the very least we take for granted. Through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, peace has been given as a good and perfect gift. First of all, we have peace with God because the sacrifice of Jesus has satisfied God's wrath. Many people today say God doesn't have a wrath. God loves everyone and everything. Well, God absolutely has a wrath. Who knows what God's wrath is against? Sin. Why? Because sin has separated us from Him. That's not mad at us. He's mad at what it's called that separation. So there was a wrath against sin. But we couldn't fix that wrath. We couldn't appease that wrath. Only the blood of Jesus could appease that wrath. Could make peace. And see, we had been in a war against sin. We weren't just losing the war. We had already lost. We could not cross. We were in that war. But then Jesus became The peace offering. Jesus became the victor. And we received the spoils of that. Yet even right now, the devil is still waging a war. It's a war of disinformation. It's a war of ignorance. And part of that war of ignorance is us not realizing what peace is. It's not just making peace with all mankind. It's understanding that sin has tried to destroy us. But Jesus' gift on the cross made peace with God, That's what the peace of Christmas means. That because of what He did, we now have peace with God for all eternity. That's how we win that war, is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen? The second thing about peace is that we have peace in our hearts because His offer of salvation has silenced our guilt. We all have sinned. We all still continue to mess up. But because His blood has paid our price, we no longer have to stay down in guilt. Philippians 4.7 says this. It's our memory verse for today. It says, "...the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." You see, without that peace of God, we think that we have to guard our hearts and minds and we have to do everything perfect else we lose that peace. Peace was a gift. When we come to accept the gift that Jesus gave us, that guards our hearts and minds. The reason why the peace of God guards our hearts and minds is because the penalty of our sin has already been paid for. The victory has been won. Sin has been defeated. The penalty has been paid for. Do we still sin? Yes. Why? Because we are imperfect. But when we sin, we come to God and we repent and we ask for forgiveness and we know that that penalty is paid for. When we come to Jesus, we choose to follow Him as our Lord and as our Savior. And then we are set free from guilt and shame and regret. The third part about peace is we have peace in ourselves because His grace has ceased our strivings of how to please God through works you see if you mess up, if you remember when you're young and you messed up and you broke the base or you did something wrong, then you try to clean the whole house up to make your mom or dad happy, or maybe it wasn't that long ago Maybe there's other husbands like me that just blow it, and you mess up, and rather than just doing better you Try to clean the house and do the dishes and say sweet, nice things to your wife and doesn't always fix it, right? Isn't that part of us that just, just thinks that we can, we can make it better by doing something even though we blew it? When we come to knowledge with God, we understand that we have sinned. We caused this separation. It's not just work that we can do and strivings to make that better. We need to admit that we've blown it. Then we need to make a conscious effort to accept what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has made a way through peace, but then we need to live for it, we need to live lives worthy of repentance. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, because God's gifts are perfect, we have been saved by grace. I've sure this before, but grace is... If you take the acronym, G-R-A-C-E, what is grace? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. We receive all that Jesus earned by dying on the cross by His expense, not ours. We didn't have to die to receive it. He died for us. And so we receive that by grace. We receive salvation by grace. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. God just asked us to receive it By faith, and then to continue to live for Him. When we understand that His grace and gift of salvation is simply a gift to receive, then we are truly at peace. We're not striving for something, we are receiving it, and we are every day realizing the peace that was made for us. We no longer have to strive to try to earn His favor, we are at peace knowing that our eternity is secure. Not because of anything that we have done or need to do, but simply because Jesus made peace with God for us. Well, the fourth part of of peace is that we have peace with our past through His gift of forgiveness. One of the greatest burdens that anybody bears in this life is sin in our past. Things that we have done, bad choices that we have made, that we feel guilty and we're weighed down by guilt, People trying to get approval. People trying to get affirmation. People trying to feel love because of something that's happened in the past. And guilt bears its weight upon us. Yet when we come to Jesus and we receive salvation, and as the Bible says, if we confess our sins to God, then He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to forgive us of all sin. Yes, we remember that sin in our past, but God does not. God freely forgives us of sin so that He can redeem us and use us. He takes that burden off of us. The the more that one matures in their faith, the more they realize the greatness of the gift of salvation. Because in this gift, we have been forgiven of all our sins. How amazing it is to be freed from the burden of our past sin. Isaiah 43, verse 25 says this, I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for My own sake, and I will not remember your sins. There are so many powerful truths from the Word that most people miss because they don't take the time to consider every word. Not only does God say He blots out your sins. He wipes them out. Your slate is clean. And not only does He say that He will not even remember your sins once He blots them out, but do you see why He blots them out? He blots them out for His own sake. For His own sake. You see, when He looks upon you, He doesn't want to see the sin. He doesn't want to see the mistake and the failings. He only wants to see you. Why? Because you are His creation. You are His children. He wants to look upon your face with love. And so for His own sake, He blots them out because He wants to see you. He loves you. He created you intentionally. Just the way you are. He created you individually. You are His child. A child of the King. He longs to live forever with all His children who will receive His gift of love and joy and peace. Because our past has been forgiven, we are at peace to live for Him. And nothing, nothing can separate us from His love, for it is the greatest power of all. Romans eight thirty eight thirty nine 39 says this, For I am persuaded or I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, that's part of the devil's disinformation campaign. He's trying to say, yes, you may have been forgiven your past, but you sin now and you're separate. God wants nothing to do with you. Wrong! Jesus has already made peace with God. It is done. It is finished. Nothing, the Bible says, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing in the past. Nothing in the present. Nothing in the future. The deal is done. Jesus has made peace With God at the cross. When you fully understand this point, you will live at peace. Will you sin? Yes, we all do. But then you'll be brought back to Jesus to know that He died for you and you'll come to Him and ask Him for forgiveness. That's why we do that every Sunday in church. A quiet time. Asking God for forgiveness. We will know that we will live at peace. We will know that our eternity is secure we will know that nothing and no one can take that away from you. It is yours. It is a gift. Fifth point. Finally, we can have peace. We can have peace with others. When we learn how to receive His unconditional love, remember, He didn't die for us because we deserved it. We are still sinning. He died for His own sake because Jesus wanted to make peace with God. When we learn how to receive this unconditional love, then we can truly begin to offer that unconditionally to others. We understand that we have been forgiven freely. We have been loved freely. We have been given the gift of perfect gift of peace and love and joy by His grace. Now, what we do with these gifts? becomes our gift back to God. You know the story of the wise men that came and bringing gifts for Jesus. What do you give Jesus? I'll tell you what. You take the gift that He gave you, that perfect gift of peace and love and joy, and you give that gift to others. That's a gift of God. By you saying, I recognize this gift. I understand it. I have not forgotten it. I have not taken it for granted. I'm going to give that peace to others. I'm going to love some of this Christmas season that's hard to love. I'm going to forgive someone this season that's been hard to forgive. I'm going to show mercy on someone that I don't care if I think they don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it Jesus died for me. So I'm going to take those gifts that God gave me and I'm going to give them to others that someone else might know the gift of peace this Christmas season. That's how we give God His gift. What greater gift can we give than to forgive one who feels they don't deserve to be forgiven? What greater gift can we give than to love the one who feels so unlovable? What greater gift can we give than to reflect the light, love, peace, and joy of Jesus to the world, especially at Christmas? You all have been given the gift. You all have been given your mission. You know what to do with your gift. Let us give the gift of Christ this Christmas to all as we carry Jesus, the light of the world. Amen?